Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another edition of Bagoons Barrage, the State of New England podcast with me, your host as always, Jake Donnelly, a.k.a. Bagoon. Well, we've got a couple of things that we have to get into in this most recent episode. Of course, we will talk about the Boston Red Sox baseball being the only sport that's played right now in the state of New England on this June 27th, 2017. The Red Sox up and down and up and down. Uh, But, hey, they're hanging right there at first place, percentage points behind the New York Yankees. So, of course, we will get into a little bit of a discussion with the Boston Red Sox. We will also talk about the Boston Celtics and how Danny Ainge, trader Danny, actually not making any trades during the NBA draft and whether or not Ainge did a good job with that draft. And here is my quick take on that one. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And we'll also discuss the whole Serena Williams and John McEnroe kerfuffle uh, discussion that, if you look at it logically and rationally, it's kind of an easy debate. But then again, not a lot of people are being rational when it comes to sports debates lately. But before we get into any of that, we first have to turn to our topic of the day. And for our topic of the day, we turn to the sport of baseball. And this topic is much like the most recent one. Of course, the most recent one was about home plate collisions. The Austin Hedges-Anthony Rizzo collision where the San Diego Padres afterwards got into this big brouhaha saying that Rizzo's shot was a cheap shot, even though five years ago it was a standard baseball play. And with that being said, our newest topic of the day is another standard baseball play, which in my opinion is going to disappear and may have died most recently on Friday in a game between the Boston Red Sox and the Los Angeles Angels. That baseball play in mention, the breakup slide, the takeout slide, the wipeout slide, the hard slide at second base. In other words, that slide that breaks up a double play. Now, for those of you that do not know what this slide is, that do not understand how to execute this baseball play properly, what it is, your guy on first base, there's a ground ball anywhere in the infield as you, the runner, are barreling towards second, you see the throw come to the second base bag, whether it's the second baseman or the shortstop traditionally covering that bag, you try to slide, you got to keep your body within an arm's reach of the second base bag. If you do, you try to go scoot on under the fielder that is trying to turn the double play at second base. If you do it properly, you collide, bam, With the guy, he cannot make the throw over to first base. You deny the possibility of a double play. This is a play that happens in pretty much every single baseball game. If you know how to slide, you can execute this play properly. This is something that Little League coaches teach their players. This is something that can actually turn a game around. You're looking at maybe first and third with one out in a one-run ball game. If the double play is turned, inning over. If the double play is not turned, all of a sudden, instead of the inning being over, you have a guy in first base and you have a run scoring through the back door. Now, here's the thing. Most recently, 
after the 2015 playoffs when Chase Udley barreled into Ruben Tejada when it was the Los Angeles Dodgers versus the New York Mets, Utley's slide, which was late, hard slide, at the time, a legal slide, he broke Tejada's leg because he hit him so hard it was pretty much knee to the back of the leg. Tejada tried to do this pirouette move, and Utley essentially submarined him going full force. In the aftermath of that play, baseball instituted a new slide rule over at second base. Now, the neighborhood play no longer in existence. You could and can review plays at second base if the second baseman or shortstop does not touch the second base bag. In this particular play from the 2015 playoffs, Tejada actually never touched the second base bag because he tried to do this nifty pirouette. It was an all or nothing move and he ended up literally getting nothing out of the play and experienced a broken leg because of the hard slide by Chase Utley, which again, I will mention was a perfectly legal slide at the time. Now, that slide has been completely banned from baseball. You can no longer slide after the bag. You have to initiate your slide before the bag. You have to continue on the same path. In other words, you can't deviate at the last second, so you have to kind of pick a lane as a base runner. You have to be within an arm's reach of the bag so that you can touch the bag because remember it would make no sense for Major League Baseball to turn a slide where you can still hit the bag in other words a perfectly good slide you it would make no sense for Major League Baseball to turn that into an illegal slide so what they have to do and what they had to do at the time was say okay you obviously can still go to the left and the right of the bag but now you have to slide well in front of the bag. And most importantly, you cannot do a roll block slide. You cannot roll over. And that's how you get those ankles and lower legs kind of crunched and sometimes broken. So baseball, and I'm okay with that rule because the Utley slide is you're going to destroy a guy's leg. Utley still could have slid in a way on that particular play. And you can look it up on Google I mean, on YouTube, uh, Chase Utley, Ruben Tejada, broken leg, Chase Utley, broken leg, whatever. You can find it quite easily. But on that particular slide, Chase Utley could have began his slide later, still taking out Ruben Tejada. And with the way that Tejada was trying to make that play, Tejada more than likely is still going to get injured on the play because the way he caught the ball and tried to spin at second base, he opened himself up to a lot of potential injury. And <laughs> Chase Utley took advantage of that situation. Tejada never touched the second base bag. Mattingly asked for the review, got it, and it was overturned safe at second base. The Dodgers obviously end up um, getting the upper hand after that play. But here's the thing. Major League Baseball implemented a new rule, as I just mentioned, where you have to be within an arm's reach of second base. You have to initiate the slide before the second base bag. You cannot execute a roll block slide, right? 
and you have to make an attempt at a bona fide, in quotation marks, slide, which anybody that has played baseball knows the difference between a real slide, a bona fide, in quotation marks, slide, and something you're doing just to try to tackle the middle infielder. Now, the reason that I bring this particular play up with Chase Utley and Ruben Tejada is because now, with this rule and the way that it is being interpreted by Major League Baseball and their umpires, the breakup slide, it's done. It's dead. It's no longer a thing. This past Friday, between the Red Sox and the Angels, bottom of the fifth inning, Mitch Moreland is at the dish with the runner at first base. Moreland is playing with a broken toe right now. In other words, this guy is not running well. He's not the fleetest of foot to begin with. Put him in the first base, uh, make that, put him in the left-handed batter's box with a broken toe, and this guy is not exactly going to break any Usain Bolt or Michael Johnson records, right? He's not going to be sprinting down the line at full force. Run at first base for the Red Sox, coincidentally, is Xander Bogarts, the Red Sox shortstop. All right, so... Moreland, a pull-heavy ground ball guy for the Red Sox. He can go to the opposite field in the air, but when it comes to anything on the ground, he tends to pull the ball. So the Angels are in a shift. Their second baseman is about a step, step and a half past the halfway point between first and second base. Their shortstop, one of the best in Major League Baseball at pretty much anything, and Dralton Simmons is one step to the right of the second base bag. In other words, he's on the right field side of the second base bag as the shortstop. The Angels are in a pretty good shift. So Moreland comes up. He hits a ground ball to the right side. Second baseman has to take a shuffle to his left towards the first base bag, makes the play, gets his body in a perfect position in order to field the ball and make the throw over to second base in one smooth pivoting motion. So he does that, makes a good throw to Simmons, who has to come straight down, because remember, he's behind the second base bag. He has to come straight down. He takes a jab step to his right so that he can try to perform a play to get out of the way of the oncoming runner, his counterpart shortstop, Xander Bogarts. So the throw comes in. It's a good throw. Bogarts goes in for the slide. Simmons kind of does like a half step over to his right, tries to jump at the same time. In the midst of his transfer, he loses the ball. Boop, boom, loses the ball into the air. Moreland safe at first base. Good job by Xander Bogarts to break up the double play at second base. But second base umpire, I believe Adam Harati, if I remember correctly, I have this written down somewhere. We'll have to get it. Yep, yeah, uh, Adam Hamari. Adam Hamari was the second base umpire on the play. He points at second base, brings up the hammer, as he should. In other words, signaling that Bogarts is out at second base. But then he points at Bogarts and gives the second hammer fist, which means illegal slide. In other words, he is calling interference on the play on Xander Bogarts, saying, that it was an illegal slide into second base. Now, John Farrell, the Red Sox for the uh, the manager for the Red Sox, comes out of the first base dugout, says that was not an illegal slide. You guys have to review it. Now, this is not a coach's challenge. This is a reviewable play. Difference between coach's challenge and reviewable play. Coach's challenge says you made the wrong call. 
on an out call, in other words, a bang-bang play, at first, second, third, home, wherever. Uh, he did catch the ball. He didn't home run, not home run, whatever. That's a coach's challenge play. An interference call is actually reviewable, and the manager essentially can go to the umpires and say, look, I don't think you guys made the right call on this. Do you mind taking a second look? Not a challenge. It's a reviewable play. So the umpires acquiesce. They say, yes, you know what, John? Maybe we didn't make the right call. Let's look at it. On the Nesson broadcast, which is the regional television um, station for the Boston Red Sox, also uh, the Boston Bruins, they do great production work. So on the playing question, there were about four different angles. Now, with all four of these angles, you could see, one, that Bogart started his slide a good six feet in front of the bag, maybe even eight to 10 feet in front of the bag. So your first question, did he initiate the slide before the second base bag? The answer, yes. The second question, did he stay on the same path throughout his entire journey to second base? Yes, he did. His path was slightly to the outfield, right field side of the second base bag because he knew that Simmons, as a shortstop, when he's trying to make that catch, he's probably going to go to the outfield side. Remember, shortstops start from the third base side of the second base bag. So what they like to do when they catch the ball is they like to catch it and come across the bag to right field. So as a runner, if you know the shortstop is covering the second base bag, you should be taking a slightly outside route to the second base bag because that's going to put you right in the middle of the shortstop's path to throw to first base. So Bogarts initiates the slide shy of the second base bag. He stays on the same path, and his slide was a perfectly executed slide. He had his toes on the ground. It was, for all intents and purposes, a slide. No rollover, no spikes high, bona fide slide. He hit everything, all four aspects of the slide rule. Xander Bogarts hit them. And you could see it from every angle that Nesson had. It was a perfectly good breakup slide. So what did the umpiring crew decide? Interference. After all that it was, after all those angles, after everything that you could look at to decide, you know what, this is actually a pretty good slide. We made a bad call. After all of that, after all the video evidence, the umpiring crew decided, nope, illegal slide, interference, double play, inning over. If that slide, which by the way, you can't find because stuff dies with a whimper now. Actual baseball plays, actual stuff that baseball fans and old school baseball players care about. It dies with a whimper, and that's what happened. You cannot find this video anywhere. I have it because I DVR'd Friday night's game because it was Big Poppy Night at Fenway Park, and of course, I'm going to DVR that as a Red Sox fan, so I've watched it. I've watched it about 25 times, still, still trying to figure out how by the rule book this was an illegal slide, and quite frankly, I have no idea how the umpiring crew could come to the determination that this was an illegal slide. It makes no sense, no sense whatsoever. 
if you look at the rule book and you look at what Xander Bogarts did, his slide should be a video next to how to slide properly to break up a double play. It was a picture-perfect slide, and yet baseball in this guise of player safety has decided that even a perfectly executed slide, which protects the slow guy at the plate with a broken toe, is no longer something that they want to see in a baseball game. I said it last time when it came to collisions at home plate. Let's just play sarcastic ball. Let's all play with balloons. Let's have pillows. And let's compliment each other as long as the day continues. Like, what are you doing? When it comes to baseball, you want to see baseball plays. You want to see good slides. You want to see hook slides. You want to see hard slides. You want to see a guy jump over a catcher at home plate. You want to see a guy barrel into second base to make sure a double play does not occur against his team. Baseball is trying to eradicate these plays that have been a part of baseball for more than a century. The first slide was maybe invented by a dude named Bob Addy by the Rockford Forest City Baseball Club back in 1866, all right? Sliding has been a part of baseball since pretty much the beginning of baseball, but now baseball wants to do something about sliding, and it makes no sense to me. There's a drastic difference between the Chase Utley slide and the Xander Bogart slide, but now... And this is where it gets twisted with baseball. But despite the drastic differences between the Utley slide and the Bogart slide, according to baseball, if that was the correct ruling on the Bogart slide, those two slides are the same. So if you're a runner and you're going to get called out for interference to stop the double play, you might as well engage in the Utley slide. You might as well try to take out that middle infielder, right? Because if you're going to get called out for taking a guy out on a perfectly legal slide, if you're, going to get, if you're going to get called out anyways, you might as well go in to injure a guy. Because there's no difference. It's going to be an out and a double play no matter what you try to do. And the problem is that now guys are taking one of the two options available to them. One option is go for the breakout or breakup slide, the takeout slide. They get called for interference, boom, boom, automatic double play. Or don't even pretend to go for the takeout slide. Slide 20 feet shy of second base. Slow down on a ground ball when you're on first base and slide halfway between first and second. You look like idiots when you do, but Major League Baseball wants a bunch of idiots on the field. They don't want anybody engaging in actual baseball plays. It makes no sense to me. It makes no sense whatsoever. A part of the issue right now is the fact that a majority of these, not a majority, but a decent amount of these plays at second base, it's no longer turned by a middle infielder. Because of these drastic shifts, you get third baseman turning plays at second base because everybody's swung now, everybody shifts on every single batter because we have so much information, baseball, is doing something on every single play. You talk about pace of play, limit the shifting because it takes seven seconds of extra time on every single pitch. And if you're thinking it's just one batter to the next, that's not true. It's pitch to pitch. 
There's a different shift when a guy has one strike than when a guy has two strikes on him. The third baseman, left side of the infield, right? Nope, he'll switch with the shortstop pitch to pitch because of the count. And because uh, one count says that, you know what, this guy tends to pull it this way on a 1-1 count, whereas this guy tends to hit a little bit more oppo on the 1-2 count. So you talk about pace of play, and you have your stupid four-finger intentional walk. Well, how about you cut down on the shifting in between pitches? Makes no sense to me some of the stuff that's going on right now in baseball. But to get back to the double play fact, look, you have third baseman trying to turn double plays. It's not something that they're used to. So the problem is, is now you have a guy at second base who doesn't know the proper fundamentals for turning a double play. So you have a sloppy turn at second base, a guy that takes a ton of time to twist it at the bag. And so now, of course, you're going to have a base runner coming in hard and trying to take that guy out over at the second base bag. Here's the thing. Just like collisions at home plate, Baseball has decided that the onus is no longer on the fielder to know and execute the proper fundamentals. And that is where baseball is really going off the uh, rails. If you want to figure out what exactly is wrong with baseball right now, the simplest answer that somebody can give you is that the average professional baseball player does not know the proper fundamentals. Catchers at home on collisions, they don't know the proper fundamentals, how to take out the runner and how to prepare for the collision. The proper or the middle infielders and the third baseman trying to turn a double play at second base, they now no longer know the proper fundamentals and how to turn a double play. Batters with a runner at third base and less than two outs no longer know if the infield is back how to get the ball on a downward angle and score the guy from third. If the infield is in, they no longer know how to get the ball in the air and hit a sacrifice fly to get the runner in. Ben Lindbergh, who writes for the Ringer, a very good guy, used to work, I believe, for the Kansas City Royals, a big saber matrician guy. Look, He has a massive article on TheRinger.com about how people are freaking out about the rise in strikeouts and the rise in home runs, and people like me are saying it's the end of baseball. But here's the thing. I'm not saying the rise in strikeouts and the rise in home runs by themselves are the end of baseball. I'm saying the lack of players having no idea how to execute fundamental and building block type plays of baseball. That is the end of baseball. You watch a professional baseball player try to lay down a sacrifice bunt? It's atrocious. It's the thing nightmares are made out of for Little League coaches. All right, somewhere along the line, either these guys were not taught the fundamentals or they learned them and have completely forgotten about them. The death of baseball is not home runs and strikeouts. The death of baseball is trying to hit a home run with a guy at third base who is the tying run with less than two outs and striking out. That's the death of baseball. The death of baseball is a batter not knowing 
how to do something every 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old baseball player knew how to do 15 years ago. That's the death of baseball. The death of baseball is not knowing how to prepare for a collision at home. The death of baseball is not knowing how to prepare as a middle infielder or now third baseman for a runner barreling down on you at second base. Where's the jump throw? I hate Derek Jeter, but the guy had a cannon. He had no lateral movement whatsoever, so what did he do at second base when a runner was sliding into him? He jumped over the guy. Where's my jump throw? Turn double play to first base. Where's my second baseman with such quick feet he could be completely motionless while receiving the throw from a third baseman and then hop back four feet and throw a sidearm strike like he crow-hopped the thing to first? Where's my shortstop cutting across the bag and throwing off of the wrong foot another strike chest high to the first baseman? No, the death of baseball is not the rise in strikeouts and the rise in home runs or even the pace of play. The death of baseball is the fact that baseball players no longer know how to play baseball. All right, so... That was my long-winded, as always, rant about the death of a baseball play, eulogy for the breakup slide. So now that we've got that out of the way, Boston Red Sox, they suck, but they suck real well. So every time the Red Sox lose, they come back and win. Every time they lose, the Yankees lose because nobody in the American League East, uh, yeah, in the American League East wants to actually, you know, take control of the American League East. The Yankees won a game last night, but so too did the Red Sox. Red Sox had Chris Sale out on the mound, and this podcast is not nearly long enough for how much I love watching Chris Sale. He gets the ball, he throws, and it comes one day after Doug Fister picked uh, picked up off of waivers from the Los Angeles Angels. Fister, one of the fastest working guys in all of baseball, gets the ball throws, gets the ball throws. Hey, think about that. A guy has a good outing because he puts the batter on his back foot. The batter no longer has time to figure out and deduce what pitch is coming because Fister just wants to fire it by you, right? This guy was one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball five years ago. And the way he threw on Sunday, he's going to be a dynamite addition to the Red Sox rotation, especially because Johnson can't stay healthy and Eduardo Rodriguez, who was so good, got injured, slipping in the bullpen in Baltimore, and we're still waiting for him to come back. But Fister, if he continues to pitch into the seventh inning and allow three or fewer runs, hey, that's a guy you want in your rotation the entire time. But Sale pitched last night, struck out seven in six-plus innings. He watches two guys. He's so, so good. The Red Sox scored four runs, which for them is an offensive explosion right now. They've been the top 10 in baseball and batting average all season long, eh, but they've been the bottom 10 in slugging percentage all season long, and it plays out, right? The Red Sox have a four-game series against the Twins. Apparently, if you're to believe the Red Sox radio broadcast from last night, the 
all-time series between the Twins and the Red Sox is even, which I think is hilarious when teams have played each other more than 700 times and the all-time series is completely even. So if you're into that sort of thing, and I am because I'm weird, that's kind of cool. But Red Sox getting good nights from Mitch Moreland, who hit his third home run in as many games. And as I said earlier, remember, this is a guy who is doing it with a broken toe. Imagine how good or bad you feel when you wake up in the morning. Now try to play a professional sport. Now add to that a broken toe. Yeah, that's what Mitch Moreland is doing every single day. And he's been the best pickup with the exception, obviously, of Chris Sale, who was technically a trade. Moreland's been the best pickup by far of any Boston Red Sox this season. So we'll see if he can continue his heart, uh, hot start. Uh, later tonight as the Red Sox play the Twins for their second of four games. So it'll be interesting. I like the way the Red Sox are playing. They're getting pretty decent pitching. I think Porcello has had two really good starts in his last two outings, including the last one. We'll see if the Red Sox can kind of back him up and if they can continue their pretty solid play, which they've been able to do as of late, and really take control of the American League East. All right, so that's pretty much the half-hour mark here on Bagoon's Barrage. So that will do it for us here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. This is Jake Donnelly, a.k.a. Bagoon, saying thank you for listening, and as always, go New England.